And there you have it. The head coach of the SEC champions, Steve Spurrier. He did it on the field last year with the best record in the league. He's done it for the record books in 1991. Clay Everett is out there and... Oh, he got it! And oh! Florida fans from now on will remember the 1991 team. The Lord has smiled on us all season, and that last drive, he smiled on us again. Hey there, Gator fans. Welcome back to Celebrating 91 on 1010XL. This is Hayes Carlyon taking you through the 30th year anniversary as we celebrate Florida's first official SEC championship in 1991. And we have a special guest for you today. Uh, this is brought to you by, by our friends at Harrell & Harrell, uh, the law firm of Harrell & Harrell. If, if you've been hurt or a family member, hopefully not. But if, you're, if you ever uh, need a personal injury attorney, these guys are the best. They're from Jacksonville. Great people. I've been friends with Holton Julie for over 25 years. They're going to take great care of you. Hopefully, you won't need them, but if you do, uh, give the law office of, of Harold and Harold a call at 251-1111. Yeah, we've, we're going to have a lot of fun today. We talked last week about the Syracuse loss. Uh, not so much fun there, but appreciate our friend Gene Fournette for joining us to talk about his experience that day in the Carrier Dome. Today, we're going to look at uh, a game in which the Gators bounce back. Uh, Florida beats Mississippi State 29-7 in Orlando. A lot of oddities about this game. Uh, it was a conference game played in Orlando, so two conference games, obviously, this year that, that were played on a neutral field. Uh, Florida plays Mississippi State in Orlando. Obviously, you've got the cocktail party in Jacksonville against the Dogs. Um, this game was on TBS, and uh, it was called the Texaco Star Classic. Uh, in the Citrus Bowl, uh, just shy of 70,000 uh, at this game. Florida fell to 14th after the loss in the Carrier Dome. Mississippi State came in at 22nd. So again, another big-time opponent three weeks in a row. Florida goes Alabama, Syracuse, Mississippi State. Uh, and uh, the Gators need to bounce back, and, and they do so uh, with a 29-7 to uh, win. Really a pretty one-sided game. Uh, Florida... 27 first downs, Mississippi State 6. And Shane Matthews had an incredible day again, threw for 322 yards, two touchdowns. That was a uh, school record-breaking 7th 300-yard passing game for Shane, 22 of 35. And he's going to join us here in a few minutes to talk about this game and this season and and what this team meant. Uh, Shane Matthews, one of my favorite Gators of all time. Uh, and just uh, an unbelievable effort. Well, he has some great comments about this game, some things that uh, that he says about Mississippi State that I was unaware of. So you, I think you're going to learn a lot in this. Uh, the Gators get off to a strong start. Uh, Shane hits Trey Everett for a 41-yard touchdown a minute and 50 into the game. It's 17-0 at halftime. Uh, Shane hooks up with Willie Jackson for a 19-yard touchdown connection later in the game. And uh, Eric Rett really continues the momentum that he built in the Alabama blowout win. 27 carries, a career high uh, at that point for Eric Rett, uh, 142 yards on the ground, and his three-yard touchdown run made it 26-7 to and uh, pretty much sealed up the game. The Florida defense, as we mentioned, incredible, only allowing Mississippi State those six first downs. Uh, they held Mississippi State to 233 yards. Uh, Brad Culpepper was a one-man wrecking crew, the defensive tackle, 12 tackles, 10 solo Two sacks, two tackles behind the line, three quarterback hurries. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Week 
for his efforts uh, in this game. So uh, the Gators get back on track. The Gators get a win. And uh, now let me get out of the way and uh, introduce one of the greatest Gators of all time, uh, Gator quarterback of the 91 team, Shane Matthews. All right, we are pleased to welcome in Gators legendary quarterback Shane Matthews, the engineer of that brilliant 1991 team, the team we have been celebrating for weeks now and will continue to do so, the 30th anniversary of Florida's first official SEC championship. Shane, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, glad to be with you, Hayes. Well, it's uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Like I, I told you in the past, I was 15 years old uh, during the 91 season, and that team to me is still one of my all-time favorites. Uh, just unbelievable to, to watch you guys week in and week out and the joy you brought Gator Nation. So I first off, just want to thank you for all of that. Well, it was a lot of fun. It, it's a team that I think a lot of people don't remember a whole lot about, but uh, it was one of those teams, the 90 and the 91 teams, I think laid the foundation for Florida football. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, let's just start with at the beginning of the year, you guys have such a phenomenal debut season under Coach Spurrier, uh, you know, your SEC player of the year. What was it like going into year two? What were some of the expectations that that you guys felt you could achieve? Well, I think we we had very high expectations the previous year. You know, we won the conference, uh, but for whatever reason, weren't weren't crowned champions. So we kind of missed out on all the festivities and winning the first official. And we had a lot of guys coming back, um, you know, especially offensively. The whole offensive line was coming back, so we felt pretty good there. Uh, we felt like we had a chance to you know some to make some noise, and um, you know we had a little slip up early in the year. Uh, I believe it was at Syracuse. Um, or maybe that was the year before. Heck, I, I, they all run together. Yeah, no, that was '91. Yep, yeah, '91. That was, not- that was the same. You guys, yeah. you guys kill Alabama, thirty-five nothing in the swamp, and then, uh, and then, and again, people forget that Syracuse team was ranked like 18th. I mean, it wasn't like you know Syracuse maybe hasn't done as much you know in recent years, but at the time, that was that was a tough schedule to go from Alabama who obviously was a year away from winning the national title and then go up to the carrier dome and, and play in that snake pit. Yeah. We, you know, they ran the reverse for on the opening kickoff kind of put us in an uphill battle and we'd move the ball offensively, but just couldn't put in the end zone enough. And then they ran the option and we had trouble stopping them and getting, getting off the field. So, you know, it's just sometimes one of those games is it happens during a season and, you know, I'll never forget, uh, after that Syracuse loss, the very next morning, that Sunday morning, once we got back at like 5 a.m., Coach Spurk made us run the stadium, snake the stadium. And um, not only just the players, but the coaches had to do it too. <laughs> they didn't coach very well. And we didn't play very well. But uh, that, that's the great thing about him is, you know, uh, if you don't play well, it's because you haven't been coached well. So, uh, but yeah, we, it was, it was uh, the 91 team was pretty damn good. There's no question about it. Yeah, no question. And how much did that Syracuse setback, did you guys find an extra gear after that? Because obviously, after that game, you guys dominate SEC play. Uh, you know, the the stat that I love is you guys go 7-0 in, in league play. That had not happened since like the 77 season in the SEC. Like no team had done it. There was just such parity in the league that, you know, you never had an undefeated champion, uh, you know, that was 7-0. So, I mean, not only that, you guys won by an average of like 22 and a half points a game in conference play. Were you guys, I, I obviously, you know, S- Steve made you guys run the steps, but was there any 
meetings or anything at all? Was it just purely the loss that, that kind of sent you guys to another level? Uh, what, what was that those few days like? Well, you know, that, that's the tough part when you lose in college football. You, you got to wait six or seven days till you get to play again. And, uh, you know, it, it weighs on you. But it, we didn't have any team meetings or anything like that. We knew we were a good football team. We just – we didn't play our best in Syracuse, you know, was running on all cylinders that day. Uh, we knew we still had an opportunity to do something that no no other team had ever done and win the first official title. And uh, we just focused on that, and the old cliche took one game at a time and, and knew we were a pretty good football team. So then you guys uh, come back and, and back in league play, and you go to Orlando uh, to play Mississippi State, who, again, was a good team. They were ranked 22nd uh, in the nation, and uh, and you guys get a a, a dominant twenty nine to seven win, and uh, if it was one of those games. Looking at the box score, uh, just in first downs, Florida had twenty seven, uh, Mississippi State had six. Uh, but Shane, what do you remember about that game and, and getting sort of back in in the winning groove? Well, I remember hurting after that game. I tell you, in all my years, I got to play Mississippi State all three years. And they were the most physical team we played year in and year out. And they just pounded me in the Citrus Bowl that day. I mean, you know, my bell was rung several times. Uh, but we, 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 we found a way to win. We, we, as you said, we dominated them. Uh, but it was a unique game because I can't even remember why we were playing them in the Citrus Bowl because uh, you just don't see that happen, you know, nowadays, an SEC game. At like a neutral site, but it was a it was a hard fought win. But yeah, Mississippi State were were they physical? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, those were those Jackie Sherrill teams. Um, th- there was a lot of uh, unique uh, elements about this game. You mentioned it was in Orlando. It was called the Texaco Star Classic uh, in the Citrus Bowl. It was on TBS, uh, and uh, there was a good crowd. I mean, it was sixty nine thousand three hundred twenty eight fans. Um, but uh, but yeah, definitely peculiar that you guys would play in Orlando and Jacksonville, uh, you know, and, and obviously the, the game at Syracuse was sort of an outlier in terms of a non-conference road game up there. But uh, you guys got off to a fast start. Uh, you hit Trey Everett for a 41-yard touchdown. And I don't know if you'll remember the play. It was only a minute and 50 into the game. And, and if you don't, that's fine. But w- what was it like playing with, uh, you know, Trey Everett and, and Willie Jackson, who you would uh, connect with a touchdown later on in this game as well? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a it was a basically just a go route, and I remember Trey just actually outran the guy, and I just laid it out there. It was a pretty easy touchdown, but yeah, I had some good players around me. Uh, you know, Trey Everett, Harrison Houston, Aubrey Hill, Willie Jackson, um, really good, solid football players. Maybe not the well-known receivers that came after them, the Quez Greens, the Redale Anthony's, the Ike Killiards, Doring McGriff, that whole crew, but uh, you know. I trusted those guys. They knew what to do because they were coached so well by Dwayne Dixon and Coach Spur. You know, the quarterbacks and the receivers met every meeting. We were all together. So they knew where the football should go, depending on what coverage the defense was throwing at us. But, uh, yeah, I had some good players around me, no question about it. Well, and you certainly uh, made them look good as well. Uh, you know, One element of the offense that really started to take hold around this point in the 91 season was the running of Eric Rett. 
uh, against Mississippi State. He obviously had the huge game against Alabama. Uh, and then uh, two, two weeks later against Mississippi State, 27 carries, which was a career high for him that day, uh, 142 yards. He had a three-yard touchdown run to make it 26-7 uh, to seven to sort of seal it. Uh, what, what did Eric Rett bring to the offense that year, Shane? Yeah, he always brought toughness. One of the toughest football players I've ever seen. I mean, he could run into a brick wall, and I don't think it would hurt him. It hurt the brick wall. That's just how <laughs> he was. Uh, you know, just a guy that you could always count on. You know, Rhett, uh, I, I can't, I'll be, I, I'd be lying to you if he knew what to do on every play. I had right. I basically, not that he didn't know what to do on every play, but I, I, I made sure he knew what his, his, his responsibility was as we broke the huddle. <laughs> you know, we, we huddled back in those days. So, uh, but, you know, he's our all-time leading rusher. Uh, he's up for the College Football Hall of Fame. I think he deserves to get in. I don't know if he will or not. But uh, just a tremendous teammate and just one of the toughest runners I've ever seen. And you guys had an offensive line that year that was really senior-laden. What was it like playing with those guys? Well, you're exactly right. You know, I had them the previous year, but we had uh, Cal Dixon at center, Hisham Ishmael, Tony Rowell, uh, Jim Watson, Mark Mark White. Uh, all these guys were back from the previous year, so and they were big, and, and and they took care of me as as much as they possibly could. But you know, we were a very balanced team. I think so many people look back at the Spurrier era and think he threw it 50, 60 times a game, but he really didn't. You know, we used to try to jump on people early in the game, and then second half, it's basically run the football, maintain the clock, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, we were we were uh, we were pretty good on offense in '91. Yeah, no question about it. And defensively, uh, it it was a, a strong unit too. That that front with uh, Culpepper and McCoy, uh, the linebackers were obviously in, incredibly fast. Uh, what what was it like uh, having that group in support of you as well? Well, it's always good when you you got great players on that side of the ball. And you mentioned, you know, the D-line with Tony McCoy, Brad Culpepper. You know, you had Kevin Carter, uh, Carlton Miles at linebacker, Will White, Dale Spear in the secondary. Uh, Just, you know, a lot of good football players and knew their responsibilities, knew their roles, and and everyone played as a team. And, uh, you know, overall – uh, I think Coach Spurrier knew when he he got the job that we had to be we had a chance to be pretty good the first couple of years because you had Florida was always good on defense before he got here. Mm-hmm. So for any points you're going to win some football games, and uh, we just had to do our part on on the offensive side of the ball. And then what was that relationship like between you and, and Coach Spurrier at this point in your career where you'd proven you could do it, uh, you'd had an off season to absorb uh, you know, the, the things you did well and the things that you didn't in 90. Uh, what, what was it like working with him in this second year? Oh, uh, guy, I mean, it was a joy. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, when they see Coach Spurrier back in those days, he, he was a coach that, that demanded perfection, but understood you're going to make mistakes because he played the position. He knew what, what you could and could not do. You know, there's so many coaches you sit in meeting rooms with that keep rewinding the play and want to know, why did you do this? What did you see here? That never sat in the pocket with 300 pounders breathing down your neck. Well, he had. So, you know, if you sit in the meeting and say, Coach, I couldn't see it. You know, my vision was off here. Uh, he, he would understand that. Uh, but, yeah, he just he, he made the game so simple. It was a very sophisticated offense, but it was so simple the way he taught it. We knew uh, what plays to get to according to the defenses that were thrown at us. 
you know, I would have never, ever played 14 years in the NFL if I hadn't had Coach Spurrier as my coach because I can't tell you how many meetings I sat in in, in my first couple of years in the league. And I knew more than guys that had been playing in the league for 10 years. It just it blew my mind how they couldn't read coverages. And, and I think that's what he did so well. As I mentioned earlier, the quarterbacks and the receivers all met together, so we were always on the same page. That's great stuff. How, how much input did you have uh, in that second year? Were, was, was it more of a relationship where you could say to him, hey, this is what I see, or this is something I like, this is something I don't like? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, he always asked the receivers what they liked, and he gave us the freedom to change the play at any time. And, I mean, we used to audible all the time. And that his basically his, – his philosophy was, I'm going to get – I'm going to call a play that I think is going to work, but if you think there's one that works better, it's your job to get us in the best play possible. And so, yeah, we made mistakes at times. I mean, the defense tricked us. You know, they could roll their coverages, disguise or whatever, but he wanted us to have – the so-called perfect play on against whatever defense is being thrown at us. So, yeah, we, we gave a lot of suggestions, and sometimes our suggestions got thrown in the garbage. Sometimes he accepted <laughs> them. Uh, but, you know, you know, and if you change the play and it, and it didn't work out, he'd let you know on the sideline for sure. Right. What were some of the, uh, the moments that, that stand out to you the most? What, what was it like walking off the field after beating Kentucky and knowing that you guys had done something that wasn't going to be taken away and was you know, going to make you guys a, a special part of Florida football history for forever? Well, that Kentucky game, you know, I, I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, I think we scored our first four possessions mm-hmm. in like, I mean, it was still the first quarter, it seemed like, and it was 28 nothing. And then, you know, as Coach said, we, we probably all got a little, ha- a little happy and we're starting thinking about the parties we we're going to go to after the game. And <laughs> Pookie Jones made it a little closer than, than we anticipated. And we actually had to put a little drive together on our last drive to seal the, seal the win. And um, so, you know, that celebration was, was unbelievable because we all went into the locker room and, and took our pads off, but then came back out and the crowd was, was amazing. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just something that you'll remember the rest of your life. Yeah, no question about it. Well, I, as somebody that was in the stadium that day, I absolutely will. And uh, it, it was an unbelievable moment. And uh, and again, thank you for, for giving us the thrill of the 91 season. It's been a lot of fun looking back at it. And uh, really appreciate your time today, Shane. Thank you so much. Anytime, Hayes. Take care, bud. All right. Appreciate Shane's uh, thoughts uh, on all sorts of issues. That was a lot of fun. Again, uh, Celebrating 91 brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Harrell and Harrell. Uh, Holt, Julie Harrell are going to take great care of you. Uh, You need somebody who's got savvy, but you also need compassion. You need people that are going to treat you like family, that when you call, you're not going to be a number. They're going to know who you are. Harrell and Harrell has the resources to fight the big insurance companies, but they're small enough that you're going to feel like a part of the family. They're going to treat you right. Hopefully you won't need them, but if you're ever injured, call Harold and Harold at 251-1111. But some fascinating stuff from Shane Matthews in this. I I really like the process of... of of Spurrier and and what it was like is, is Spurrier starts to develop trust in a quarterback. 
the freedom that is allowed and, and how that relationship grows. I thought that was fascinating. And, and Shane talking about the physicality of Mississippi State. And yeah, you sort of forget that. But Jackie Sherrill would recruit just a bunch of JUCO guys. Mississippi State didn't do all that well in recruiting, but he would sign these junior college guys and, and they would be physical. I mean, that was a, they, you always, uh, that was, that was always a, a street fight kind of program under Jackie Sherrill. And, uh, and, and still to a, a level has that uh, reputation today. But that was really interesting that Shane said he played Mississippi State all three years and they were by far the most physical team. Again, his numbers were still very impressive uh, in this game. But, uh, but as he said, got his bell rung a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, great stuff from Shane Matthews. Appreciate his time and uh, really appreciate you guys listening. This has been Celebrating 91 on 1010XL.com. Thanks for listening. Hayes Carline will be back with you next week.